Hello, and welcome to the Empowered Goddess Creative Podcast, an inspiring space for all women to come alive and discover how to embody their divine wisdom for living a life on purpose, fully empowered and creative. From creativity discussions to mindset rituals and transformational stories, you will discover the tools every woman needs in her sacred container to navigate her unique path. Whether you're going through life transitions, desire more clarity to uncover your purpose, or are ready to become truly empowered, then you're in the right place. This is where women gather to paint their life canvas. Welcome to the Empowered Goddess Creative Podcast with Renee Shear. Hello, beautiful ladies, and welcome to today's podcast episode. I am super excited because I have a special guest today. Her name is Sarah Ballard, and she is an amazing creatrix. Um, lately, we've been talking about a lot about community and what it means to be part of a sisterhood and also how important it is to connect to our bodies anytime we want to create something or create our life or just be more present in ourselves and so my dear friend Sarah here is an expert in these sorts of things and so I want to uh, welcome her hello Sarah thank you very much for having me (laughs) If you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do and what you love, just to let the audience know. How long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'm Sarah Ballard, as mentioned, and I am the owner and founder and community director for a space called Nectar Community in Greenville, South Carolina. And we are like a co-working space as well as a community event space as well, offering classes for women as we redefine the way women gather, work, play, and grow. So that's what I do for a living, the space that I hold here. But I also teach a movement class for women called Poya, Q-O-Y-A, which is all about through movement, we remember our essence as wise, wild, and free. So I help people not only in their businesses have the physical space to create, you know, the life that they are trying to create and dream up, but also to be embodied in their own physical bodies so that they are more aligned and connected with not only their intuition, but the things that they want to create in the world. So that's so beautiful. I love that. And <laughs> a shortened condensed version. That's me in a nutshell. So just tell us a little bit about how you, how you got to this calling, how you, you found this path to, the, the, to, com, to building a community of women. Um, gosh, the path to building a community of women. It's been a call a long, a long time, probably seven or eight years Um, prior to that I was a massage and craniosacral therapist so I worked primarily one-on-one or I helped families learn how to do you know infant massage or couples massage so I worked with small groups of people but those people were not connected with each other Um, I really loved the in-depth working one-on-one 
but then stepping out of that and retiring from massage therapy, I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself for a long time. And then I found Koya and as a practice, you know, for my own body and my own embodiment. And in the process of falling in love with Koya, becoming a Koya teacher, I had a strong, like lightning bolt realization in my body that community was a deep way for me not only to heal wounds that I had around you know, my own personal healing experience, my own personal embodiment, but that there was a need that was bigger than myself. And community was that call. It was that call to bring people together because while I could do uh, work with one individual at a time, I felt like something was shifting in the ethers much bigger than just me doing one-on-one -on -one work that I really was called to this idea and sense of bringing people together with all of our flaws and all of our big hearts to collaborate on changing the world. That's beautiful. So it was like a defining moment for you when you really took was. that. Was <laughs> it your first Koya class that you no. did? No. No, it was actually um, in the middle of my Koya teacher training experience. Um, we did a ritual, and at the end of this ritual, um, we were supposed to have this intention going into this ritual with you know, asking a question. And my question was, how will this movement practice fit into my business as you know, Sarah Ballard, the individual practitioner. So I did the ritual, <laughs> I finished the ritual, and that's when I had this moment where um, it, I basically had this overall felt sense that it wasn't about how to fit that into me, it was how do I fit myself into a greater sense of community. So it kind of reversed this idealistic way of thinking where I'm like, oh, I'll just take that tool and then use it. And then I'll, I don't know if it was ego. I'm not sure if it was like, oh, this is going to be great. This, you know, this is something I can do as this extraordinary individual. Um, but it really did an about face for me. And I recognize that I actually have a lot of skills to contribute to the greater community versus you know, the greater community contributing um, to, to me in my success. I don't know if that's... Yeah, so that, it's, it's so beautiful and I can relate totally because I've been part of, you know, women's circles for a very long time and, you know, before that I was feeling really kind of lost and alone and, you know, unappreciated and all of those things, right? And I'm just curious, you know, how did being part of a community like that, when you discovered Koya and how it really helped you evolve and it brought you to this path of opening up the door for bringing women together, but how did it actually shape your life personally? Like, what, what would you say to these women out here who are listening? Like, what is, you know, what is so critical about it you know, for the growth and expansion of women, being part of a sisterhood, being part of a community? That's such a great question. Thank you for asking that question. <laughs> Actually, I was like, oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think the reason that I pulled back even from the idea of community prior to that was not just, you know, how can I be me in the world, but that I felt like I wasn't able to be understood and I also 
felt like I didn't have a lot in common with other people, particularly other women. Um, I was in the throes of fairly new motherhood. My kids were all very small at that time. And the only people I was really participating in community with, the only thing I had in common with them was the fact that we were all parents, which there's so many people in the world that are parents that that's, while that's a great place to be part of a community, you don't necessarily have any like heart to heart connections just because you all have blonde hair or you all have, you're all parents <laughs> or, you know, you're all in the same age group. Like that doesn't necessarily mean that those people can hold space for you or that they actually care about you. And I think that I hesitated in finding community or making community because I wasn't running into people who I felt like understood me. So I think I hesitated, but then leaning into the sense of community as a new concept for me, particularly with this movement practice, was that I really started to understand that there's a possibility that community could exist where people are not judging me. They're, they are really just seeing me and me being able to see others as full and whole, complete individuals. And maybe the thing that we have in common is that we have similar desires in the world. You know, we want to, we want to see a similar world. Yeah. And I think that really, that really got to me that I could participate with other people and create community over a shared sense of vulnerability, a shared yeah. sense of authenticity. And that really got me excited for this concept of community. Yeah, I, yeah, that I can so, so relate because before I even discovered what it was to be part of a, of a women's network, of a circle of, of women, a sisterhood, I was at a place myself where I found like I couldn't connect to to anyone. I felt like no one understood me, not even my family. I just was feeling like I had this feeling of like just I felt so lonely. Like even though I had some friends and I actually I was one of those girls who spent a lot of time with men, you know, like whether it was dating men or hanging around men. And I didn't have, you know, a lot of the men I was hanging around with, they weren't in touch with their feminine side. They were very masculine, very egocentric, very, you know, and I love men, but I wasn't, I was missing something. I was like missing that interaction of that complete understanding. And once I took a risk just to j dive into my first women's circle, I mean, I was really uncomfortable. Like I was, I was like, I don't think I can do this. I'm, I'm really shy. I'm scared. I'm afraid people are going to see me. They're going to think I'm weird. They're going to think I'm stupid. They're going to think I'm broken. They're going to have all these thoughts about me, right? I don't know if you can relate to that oh, yeah. at all. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I'm just over here nodding. And, yeah. and so when I finally decided to do it, I was like, holy shit. This is actually, this is actually really good. Like, these women, I can feel the energetics of them. I can feel like they're really not judging me and they're experiencing the exact same thing that I'm experiencing here. And like after going to my first women's circle, it changed my life forever, literally. I mean, I finally realized over, over the years that I could actually make 
like true friends, lifelong friends, people, you know, with people who go on that deep level, like you were talking about those deep conversations and not all that surface level crap that doesn't really matter, you right. know? And so, um, I agree that that's why it's so important for, for women to be part of a community. And this is why I love part, you know, being part of Nectar too so much is because I can come here anytime I want and, and be in that sisterhood when I'm feeling a little down or having a bad day or I just want to be in the energetics of it mm -hmm. yeah you know I have a really interesting story and I love sharing this because I feel like it speaks so beautifully to the concept of community and what actual community means it's not just the people who happen to live around you or you know by circumstance that you're gathered together for one reason you all work at the same place or you know that's one type of community but I think the thing that a lot of us are missing or that we're afraid to get into because you know we do share more vulnerably in communities that we are truly deeply heart-to-heart -heart connected to um, so be beyond those obvious communities, the chosen communities that we show up, the women's circles, the, the communities of people who really want to hear us. Uh, I was teaching a workshop once and my sister-in-law actually said, she said, you know, my friends and I talk all the time for hours and hours and hours, but we don't say anything. And to <laughs> me, that was the clearest definition of why most women avoid community because they feel like maybe it's a waste of time they feel like oh i you know like i'm not going to be i'm still not going to be seen or heard like i'll invest all my time and energy and all it will be is catty or gross and that's just really not what real deep community is i think right. those those are those communities of circumstance that a lot of people find themselves into, you know, the neighborhood bunko group or whatever. <laughs> and nothing, nothing wrong with yeah. bunko groups. I mean, that's not no shame. But, um, you know, you find yourself in a group of people that you have nothing in common with. And then the, you talk for hours, but don't say anything. Yeah. And I think the thing that we desire most often as women um, men too, but women often are needing that deep sense of vulnerable community somewhere they can show up mm -hmm. and be heard. And when they talk for hours, they're actually saying something yeah. and they're actually receiving something of value and not just, you know, yeah, the fluff. Yeah. I just, I let, it stays with me all the time that she said that. And she wasn't even really talking about community, um, but just talking about, you know, depth of, of presence yeah. with other people. It's like being at a corporate meeting where everybody's talking and saying things and talking and talking and talking, but no one's actually accomplishing anything or saying exactly. anything. It's kind of exactly. like that. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So, so this concept of community is not easy, right? It's, uh, it's deeper than just a bunch of people who get together. There's something to be said about showing up vulnerably and being willing to be seen and heard and to speak more of your truth and be witnessed in community than just simply being together. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. I, I don't know what I would do without my sisters. So for any of you who have never been to a woman's circle or have always been curious about one, I encourage you to just go out there and just 
just try, just, you know, take a leap of faith and see if there's, even if you just reach out to one person and, and, and go from there, it's, it's truly life changing. And it doesn't mean that you have to spend all of your time this way. You don't have to, you know, go to women's circles every day or even every week. It's just knowing that you have that support system as part of your life and that when you want to go into those deeper connections, it's accessible to you. You know, it's, it's just, it's so important. And the other thing I wanted to say, Sarah, was one of the things I noticed, especially after, after meeting you, um, <clears throat> you know, because you're all about <clears throat> community, but also about movement and stepping into your body, you have this sort of, you, you have this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just this gift of knowing how to lean into your body to, to really get to the answers you need, your own divine wisdom, your own intuition. And so many of us just don't do that. You know, we spend so much time in our heads. And one of the things that I learned by having these, these sisters, if you will, is that it also gives you an opportunity to learn how to sort of lean on each other and actually have like a, a, a sister even guide you into those types of, of questions. I know Sarah, you have, I've come to you many times where I've asked, you know, like, oh, I'm going crazy. I'm having a like, you know, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm having a bad day and I, my, my brain is going a million miles an hour and I don't know what to do and I'm so confused. And you just have this beautiful way of just helping me just breathe and step into my body and ask me the kind of questions and like, what is your body telling you? So that was the other thing I just wanted to briefly talk about was, you know, how important it is for women to step in their body and how it can actually really shape their life. You know, it's kind of, I think it's all connected because being part of community is really a very divine feminine way of being. It is. But connecting to your body and listening to your body is also a very divine feminine way of being as well. It's a very human thing. It's a human thing. <laughs> All yeah. of us need to do that Yeah. more frequently. I think that we would have more access not only to our wisdom, but to the right words that we need to say when we're communicating to other people. We would be able to make wiser decisions not just about like what we need to do, but what we need to eat and how we need to be and and who we choose to spend our time with and, and how we invest our life energy based on what we know our body is asking of right. us. So what would be some tips you could give some women about tapping into their body when they you know feel like they need to reconnect? Sure. So the first thing that I would say is a lot of people don't know what that means to be in your body. That phrase, quote, be in your body or get in your body, yeah. it implies that like heavy exercise or running is the way you get into your body or that you're sweating and that's how you get into your body. That's not always necessarily the case and it's not always the truth for people. So I just want to kind of eliminate this idea that like intense physical activity <laughs> is the way that you notice that you have a body. I think that's the, there's a difference between being in your body and noticing that you have a body that's working out really Thank hard. Thank you for saying that because I hate <laughs> physical exercise. <laughs> I mean, there's a great time and place for that and I think that our bodies need that. 
Um, and sometimes people use exercises as a way of meditating, not to get into their body, but to get out of their body, okay. to get out of chronic pain, to get out of stress and anxiety. They're trying to step out of the physical experience that they're having and then like put all their energy. So I just want to preface some people find embodiment through physical exercise, yeah. like hardcore physical exercise, but n the majority of us don't have to do that. And not only is it not necessary, I don't know that that is the primary tool that I would recommend people to quote, get in their body. So getting in your body, like, like you said, is getting out of the craziness of the thoughts of the brain, the stories that we tell us, the ego mind, the id, all of these things where they're outside of what is physically present right now in the body. We often live our life from that place. Oh, I wonder, oh, I need to, you know, talk to this person or I have this to-do list or all oh, this failed last time I tried to do it. And so we have future and we have past yeah. and they're constantly competing for, um, how do we, how do we manage ourselves? How do we manage our energy in the past and in the future and in our thoughts and the deadlines that we've got? We bridge that gap and we come to the present moment. So we come to the body. We start with the body. A lot of us have disconnected relationships with our bodies, whether they're too big, too small, too tall, too sure. short, too <laughs> skinny, too fat, whatever you want to call the anxiety that we create in existence with seeing or touching or being in the skin of our own bodies. So that's the first and foremost thing. Most of us women struggle with being in our bodies because a lot of us don't like it. Society tells us, ew, your body's gross for all these millions of reasons. Right. And so we sometimes see our bodies that way. So how can we trust the wisdom in our body if every time we look at it or we feel it, you know, your muffin top and your jeans or whatever, <laughs> how can we trust that to be true if it's not perfect, right? If it's not, if it's not acceptable to the world, how can the information within be acceptable? And I feel like that is often the thing that I see and hear from women where they're like, I don't know. Like it's what really is happening in my body can't possibly be real because it's uncomfortable, right? Like just being in my body is uncomfortable. Like living in this skin is uncomfortable. Because they're, they're focusing more on the actual physical body aspect right, of it. Right, right. And yeah. not um, the beingness aspect. Yeah. So being in the body really is recognizing that we have a body, mind, spirit that are all fully connected. So your thoughts and feelings affect your body. Your body affects your thoughts and feelings and emotions. Like there is a, it's one giant circle or Venn diagram. Like it all is part of one thing. Um, and so when we have these feelings about our thoughts about not being able to be in the body, first it's an impossibility because you are in the body. But do we have an awareness of it? So we right. need like a mental awareness of the physicality <laughs> of our feelings. So we step into the present moment and we start to slow down. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would start to say slow down first. So slow down the mind by taking deep breaths. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, putting your feet on the floor is often very helpful. Or if you're seated, feeling your sits bones, like your hip bones, on your chair or on the earth or in your bed or wherever you're at, taking a couple deep breaths, feeling gravity. So like feeling the weight of your body 
-hmm. against the earth and just slowing down till you have a sense of presence. What is happening around me, noticing sounds, temperature, how clothes feel on your skin, just slowing down so that you can start having a sense and an awareness of what is happening in this moment. Because often your to-do list isn't actually happening. It's something you're expecting in the future. Past right. issues are definitely not here in the moment. So focusing on the present moment and then slowing down your breath enough to come to a space and it's not a particular place in the body. So it's not like under your left lung, <laughs> there's a secret answer. It's just slowing down enough to trust that your body already has the answer to the questions that you're looking for. Yeah. It already has the way that you need to respond. It has the perfect word to communicate. It has the answer to the questions you're asking. But can we slow down enough to yeah. go, what is the first thing when I ask this question of myself? Because slowing down kind of helps you bring that awareness to you. The presence. Right? The, the presence, mm -hmm. the, the mindfulness, the presence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to address something you said because you said something earlier about how women a lot of times, you know, you know, they're focused on their physical body and they're feeling ick or they're, they're feeling fat or they're, you know, they're worried about the, the physical appearance, you know, mm -hmm. based on what the outside world sees of them or what they think the out world, you know, right. outside world sees of them or even just what they think of themselves because of whatever beliefs they have. But, you know, one of the things that I know that you do in Koya a lot is a lot of times you, you make us, not make us, but it's part of the, <laughs> part of the routine where we have to dance with our shadow. And I just wanted to touch on that um, as kind of a last thought because I feel like it's so important that so many, I feel like, and I've been there myself, just my own experience, so many women don't want to feel the, the I don't want to say bad, but the, those shadow aspects of themselves where mm -hmm. there's something about themselves they don't like, whether it's a physical trait, even a, a personality trait. You know, like, I know I've struggled with things in the past where, like, oh, my God, I drive myself crazy. I hate this about myself. I wish I could change this about myself. But when I do that shadow dance, and, and one thing you taught me is about how it's okay to actually it's have accept that part of who you are. It's part of who you are. It's an aspect of you. But also, you have the choice to move through it and change it if you choose to. But actually ignoring it, is more detrimental mm -hmm. than just you know actually facing it right so can you just talk a little bit more yeah. about that yeah we have ideas many of us this is so common that bad feelings i'm quote quoting using air quotes here bad feelings like anxiety rage frustration uh jealousy all of those feelings that society goes, ew, gross, we don't want to see those. Like, only be happy and smile. <laughs> yeah. Um, all of those feelings get categorized in our body because of the way that society tells us what's appropriate and what is not appropriate to, to be in a state of being. Even grief is often told... Like, oh, well, you can have like a year of grief and then like get over it and please don't <laughs> grieve in public because you need to smile more often. Um, and we put those feelings away and we don't, we don't even admit that we have those feelings or we have shame around those feelings shame. because we have a society that says, okay, this set of feelings is okay. This set of feelings is not okay. 
and we take all of those feelings that might be shadow in nature and I don't mean shadow by bad I mean shadow the things that are uncomfortable to feel um, partially because there's probably a lot of systemic shame around having those feelings and we have we give ourselves permission to feel everything as equals so feeling joy or pleasure isn't more preferable than feeling grief or pain or sadness it's all part of the human existence and so when we feel sad we have a tendency to judge ourselves and stop it quickly or other people around us are like here have a tissue blow your nose quick make it go away i'm so uncomfortable with your tears <laughs> but the truth is is that they're all really just physical sensations in the body and if we can if we can feel them and honor them as deep feelings instead of judging them as this feeling is okay but this feeling is not and then trying to only go love and light in the world and like everything should be joyful and everything should be unicorns and magical rainbows but the truth is that you know there is daylight but that there is also the moon and the night sky right and it's really important that we don't try to eliminate one half of who we are as people based on what other people think our feelings are make them uncomfortable because it triggers their sense of sadness or grief or guilt or shame um so they avoid it as themselves we're all just walking around you know being mirrors of each other and so when we can honor both expressions both both i don't want to say sides but like the spectrum of feeling when we can honor them as just physical sensation yeah you know grief has been explained to feel a lot like tightening, restriction of, you know, the inability to breathe, the inability to move, the inability to, to move forward. Um, that is a sensation in the body that is not less than or worse than, say, freedom, the, the sense of feeling expansive and free. But we want to honor both of those things. Yeah, we do want to honor the restriction and we do want to honor the freedom, but we don't want to live our lives constantly searching or expecting ourselves to feel only one set of sure. emotion and feelings and sensations in the body. So when we can incorporate and have space to feel everything, then we can recognize what is fear or shame versus like when you're talking about intuition. So if you drop into your body, quote unquote, you know, in your body and the answer for your question has a sensation around it, has a physical sensation that might bring up one of these shadow type feelings. We have a tendency to be like, that's, we shouldn't do that. I got a bad feeling about it. You're like, well, did you get a bad feeling or did you feel grief around it? Because yeah. grief might feel different in your body than, say, a premonition that something bad's going to happen. And I think this is where we need to have that practice of being in the body so that we can go, oh, I recognize that. That feels like grief in my body. Okay. You know, I wonder, I wonder where, you know, that grief is coming from when I think about choosing this or this. Okay. So just quickly, you've, ex I mean, we've all experienced grief, I'm sure. And I know mm -hmm. you've experienced grief. So is, can you just share just a quick example of like maybe a time where you experienced grief and how sort of how you work through. So you, 
because you're very good about getting into your body and sometimes we forget you know like you said we're we're human (laughs) you know I mean we're definitely not perfect but just to give the ladies an idea like what that might look like so at a time you experienced grief like how did it help you like what did it look like what did you do like yeah I I have a quiet example um I was in a training and we were dancing with grief at the at that time mm-hmm. literally we were dancing with the theme of grief during this class and it happened to be a few months after a dear friend um, lost her children in a house fire okay. and uh, her tragic life circumstance triggered in my body all of the unmet grief all the things that I hadn't dealt with from other things that I've needed to grieve okay so all my grief came up like a raging furnace in my body in that nine months after that happened because we were close friends, our children were nearly the same age. And so um, it felt like a mirroring experience and you know, fire is one of my biggest fears. And so all of my grief came raging up and I had this experience where during that quiet class, I danced with grief and I, had this vision so I was feeling it in my body and really welcoming it for the first time because I've been resisting the sensation and the feeling of grief Um, but when I welcomed it I ended up having this vision in my head of picking up this 10,000 pound sack of grief that I've been dragging behind me because it felt like it was so heavy and, and impossible to carry with me that I wanted to let go of it. I wanted to like get rid of it or you know just give it back to the world. I was like so done with carrying it. And what I recognized in this vision is I could just easily pick it up and put it in a wagon and carry it with me because that grief is part of me. I will never let go of that grief. I will never get rid of that grief. I will never cut it off from me. Because who am I without my deep ability to feel that those sensations in my body? If I just eliminated it and I was like, I would never be able to feel this fire, then I wouldn't be able to feel the fire of passion either. Right. So if I cut off all of those <laughs> feelings that I that society tells me are bad or wrong or whatever, then I'm cutting off my ability to feel the depth of my joy and the depth of ecstatic pleasure as well yeah so for me this vision of like picking up that heaviness and just putting it in a little you know radio flyer wagon and like carrying it with me I'm like oh this is what makes me a sensitive human being this is what makes me able to go there to go to the depths so it's not it's not something I'm getting rid of Um, being in my body and exploring and being present with those physical sensations of grief really gave me that gift of seeing oh this really is part of you this is a gift to be able to feel and express this intensity in my own body because without it we're numb and we are void of feeling because you take away the feelings that are quote gross but those are just i mean if you think about it sometimes intense joy and excitement feels a whole lot like intense fear like they both have very similar feelings in the body right like butterflies in our stomach or a frog in our throat or like all of these expressions that we have those are all physical sensations in the body so if you eliminate those feelings that we deem bad you also eliminate the ability to get super excited about something you're really passionate about duality right 
sort of, yeah, it's the experience of being human, right? Being human. Yeah. You can't have dark without light. You know, you can't have good without bad, all those things. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, That was a, I'm sure that was a very tragic experience for you, that that experiencing that. Uh, Just as a witness. As a witness. Yeah. 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 Um, But thank you so much. Um, Thank you so much for your kindness and for being here and sharing your stories and your wisdom. It means so much. Do you have anything you'd like to say about um, Nectar Online or anything? Anyone who might live in the area, if you want to tell them about your website or any offers or anything like that? Uh, You can find us and all of the amazing events and things that we do here at Nectar Community at nectarcommunity.com. Uh, the events calendar is nectarcommunity.com forward slash events. So everything we do here uh, is for women, including trans feminine people. So anyone who identifies as women is also included in our community. It's not just a certain group of people. We really are, we want to be and feel inclusive and be an intersectional place for, you know, women and other humans to grow and flourish and be nourished right and you have a facebook uh, page as well that people could visit for we more do. additional yep. information facebook.com forward slash nectar dot community dot greenville <laughs> thank you facebook <laughs> and instagram at nectar community as well great Thank you again, Sarah. And ladies, thank you so much for listening. Um, If you want to reach out to me, feel free to visit my website at www.reneesheard.com or follow me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. Have a beautiful day until our next episode. Bye-bye, ladies. Thank you so much for listening to the Empowered Goddess Creative Podcast, a place where you can always feel at home. If you're feeling the call to dive deeper into your sacred journey, go to www.reneesheer.com to learn all the ways you can participate in a community of sisters who are making massive transformation at Renee's online classes, retreats, and private groups. Let life be your canvas, dear sister, and we'll see you on the next episode.